like last week in Toronto where about a hundred parents and their children held an in-person protest inside Yorkdale Mall. It was against the latest round of school shutdowns imposed by the Ontario government. What was interesting is that it may be the first time since the pandemic began that many of these protesters in Ontario were visibly observant Jews, including some who attend private Jewish day schools. There were lots of kippahs on display and fringes as the group walked outside of Nordstrom's store. Some people held handmade signs that said, school is cool, or we cannot be in school, but we can shop, hashtag enough is enough. In Ontario, 2 million students have missed an estimated 27 weeks of in-person, in-class learning since the pandemic started. That's the longest in North America. BC was set to reopen schools this Monday. Quebec and Ontario, though, remain closed till January 17th. Though in Ontario, shopping centres like Yorkdale are allowed to be open at reduced capacity. For some parents, that was the last straw, including organizer Aubrey Friedman. She has sons in grade 5 and grade 2 at Nitivota Torah's North Campus in Thornhill. It's too much. It's really, it's exhausting. I think parents are exhausted. Educators are exhausted. The children are exhausted. It's really, you know, you get up and you're just go, go, go on a computer all day long. All day long. I'm Ellen Besner and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Monday, January the 10th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Aubrey Friedman is 36. She's married with four kids, including a newborn, and she's involved with her synagogue, the Village Shul, and she's trying to run two Judaica stores. She and her husband were both double vaccinated, but because their kids are all under age 11, they weren't eligible until the end of November, and before the kids could get appointments, her husband, the 10-year-old, the 7-year-old, and the 3-year-old all came down with COVID. The Freedmans were among the cases that prompted York Region's public health office to shut several Jewish day schools north of Toronto before the holiday break. Everybody's recovered, and the Freedmans' two older sons were happily back in class January 3rd in person with masks and HEPA filters. After two days in class, the province suddenly pivoted and ordered everybody to go back to online learning. Aubrey Friedman understands why some parents and teachers don't want to risk having the schools open right now with Omicron, but she's joining a growing group who are calling on schools to be reopened, and that includes the Canadian Pediatric Society, the Pediatric Section of the Ontario Medical Association, and the Pediatricians Alliance of Ontario. Coming up, Friedman will be here with her sons to share what it's like in their house right now and what they've planned next. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I'm Captain Rabbi Dr. Nata Glogar, serving in the Royal Canadian Navy, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. Several Haredi Jewish schools in Montreal are still apparently defying the Quebec government's COVID shutdown orders. The Jewish Hasidic Council of Quebec told the CJN the children have to go to school in person because they don't have an internet connection at home for religious reasons, and also because many of the children are special needs. The province is warning it may seek a court injunction to force the large Bells and Skver communities to close their schools until January 17th. And joining me now from her home in Toronto is Aubrey Friedman, 
and her sons, Mason and Abel. Uh, why don't you tell us how this protest at uh, Yorkdale in Toronto got started? Um, so, I mean, with all great ideas, it was a couple of moms talking late at night, <laughs> a little chat. Um, I think we were all incredibly disheartened that schools were closed their like gyms were closed and sporting activities, but you can go to the mall to go shopping, which is, you know, the fact that we could bring all of our children there during the day, but they couldn't all be together at school seemed a little, a little silly to us, especially, I don't know, given the restrictions in place in schools and the way things have been going. Um, but so we were just like, this is a bit Absurd, right? You were saying it in a very polite way that it was absurd. Uh, I think there was a lot more anger than that. So, yes. I mean, uh, one of my mom friends who helped with this always jokes that I'm I'm a bit too positive. (laughs) I'm always very positive. I try to be positive. Um, But this is the third school year and it's it's not working. It's not stopping or even slowing the spread of COVID. I mean, there were some pushback uh, online. I don't know if you saw on the YouTube, some people were saying, how come you guys aren't wearing masks or some people aren't wearing masks properly. And I did see that, you know, what do you say to those comments? Sorry. Oh, at the, at the mall. I mean, so we did speak to anyone who showed up not wearing a mask because I mean, frankly, that's just the rules. And I know that those people who weren't had exemptions and you know I can't really I can't I it I didn't even realize that was a a thing and you know my friend and I who who arranged this were like oh we should have put on the flyer that masks are mandatory but it didn't occur to us that people wouldn't wear masks um so we did speak to the the individuals who weren't wearing them properly or weren't wearing them at all because ultimately we feel like it's not a good reflection of parents of Ontario and for what we're fighting for. And we don't want it to detract from the bigger issue. And then obviously um, within the vast majority of our community that was there, we just think it doesn't look good for, you know, Claudia Israel to be not in line with what the rules should be. So like, you know, I was wearing a mask, my children were wearing masks. We had, you know, KN95s on. We take the safety seriously and our kids go to a school that is, you know, they're wearing masks all day long. Like the the kids are used to it. Let's talk about the school and being back online and and describe what it's like in your house. It's not our first rodeo. So, um, I mean, I think it depends on your children and it depends on the ages. Um, So as the kids get older, the days are structured and it's like, you know, maybe eight to 9 a.m. It's it's this class. And then and then you have a, a 10 minute break and then it's this class and then you have to get them set up for these things. And then there's normally offshoot websites to submit their math assignments or whatever they're working on. But when you have that with multiple children, the schedules don't always line up. So like one kid might have a break and the other kid doesn't. And then it's frustrating because they want to play with each other, but they're not on their breaks together. And um, as the parent who's going, you know, back and forth and okay, this one can't get onto zoom and oh no, this one, the, the internet went down or the, the website isn't working or something's wrong with the login or we just can't get this. And then by the way, I, like many other parents have younger children. I have a three-year-old and a newborn and the three-year-old requires a lot of attention and assistance and he deserves it, but it's hard to say, no, 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 you have to do this by yourself. Mommy has to help. My husband travels. He's in, he's in Montreal for work right now. So I am by myself 
which I think is true for many, many parents to have maybe one person who's working outside of the home, one person's at home. And by the way, even parents who are both working, even if it's from home, it's really, really challenging to get anything done with kids at home, let alone when you're trying to be their teacher and and full-time chef all day. So it's really a lot of tech support or when they say, I can't do it. I can't look at the computer. It's giving me a headache. I or you just can't log in or the teacher isn't available that day and we just shut it down and we find other schoolwork to do. And it's a lot of snack making. <laughs> it's a lot of time in the kitchen and trying to get them outside for any breaks that you can. So they, you know, get some fresh air. And if you can see friends, try and get them to be able to see people and socialize a bit. It's really, I think the kids have just sacrificed so, so, so much and their days are long and with, um, you know, pediatric recommendations, so it's been no screen time, no screen time, two hours a day. These kids are sitting on computers from, you know, nine till three, eight till four, whatever the age is, like high school students have very long days. And then it's, oh, if you want to do an extracurricular, great, you can do it online. <laughs> you can do your physical activity online. It's too much. Parents are saying that the schools do not have proper masks. The teachers do not have HEPA machines in the classroom and ventilation. And that that's a big ask before anybody goes back to school. So um, our school actually does have the HEPA filters in the classroom. We're lucky with that. And our teachers do have the KN95 masks. So that hasn't been an issue in our school. But I do think that's something that should be in all of the schools. And I really, um, frankly, think it's something that the government should have worked out a very long time ago. So did you want your kids to go back in January? And then despite the fact that you personally haven't had it either? Yes, it's a, I think at this point, even as we know, um, being vaccinated at this point, it's, there's nothing to sort of slow or, or stop this. It's kind of a, a beast that's out of our control, but I think there are families who are not comfortable and that's okay too. And I think that they should have the option to be able to keep their kids at home because that's what they feel is safest. But I do believe the majority of parents, the majority of parents want their kids in school. And to us, it's a risk that is worth, it's worth taking. It just is. Okay. Uh, quickly, I hear your, you know, the, the, the posse is, is rousing behind you there, which is part of the whole thing is how do you get anything done? You must be exhausted. I mean, it's been a couple of days, but as you said, our school in particular has had a few shutdowns. So it's been a lot of, of this school year and it's, it's our third school year of this. And so, you know, I think thankfully my kids are coping as well as they can, but they are, (laughs) as you can hear, there are meltdowns during the day. There are days when certain kids get up and go, I can't do it. I can't go on the computer. I just can't. And I I get it. I I don't force them to because I, you know, I wouldn't want to sit on a computer all day. It's really, it's not, it's not fun. Um, Mason, what's your schedule like being online compared to what it's like to be in school? Yeah. Half the time, like the people who are speaking are on mute and they don't realize it. And then uh, there's always like the, sometimes the teacher will forget to put like give access to the thing that they're doing like on the kids and it's just a lot of trying to figure out what to do so that sounds like it's frustrating and maybe boring (laughs) yeah you don't really learn that much in zoom i think that they should open the schools again because (laughs) because we have masks 
like I don't we don't sit near like we don't usually like go near each other uh, it, and like we sh like we shouldn't be online or why shouldn't you be online Abel? because like it's not fun have you noticed that you know you um have been missing out like on test learning stuff uh, do you feel like you're yes, blind yes, at yes. all uh definitely so what does that look like what give me an example when we're trying to learn stuff like it's harder to read it when it's on like the screen because like you can't because it's smaller than when you're really reading it. I want to ask about your eyes because I know being online all day, my eyes get so dry and I get headaches. Did that have happen to you guys? Yeah, it always yeah. happens. That's why I skip the classes that way. You don't actually. Yeah, like when it's our or some or uh, work that uh, I've already done earlier, like I don't wait. I just get mommy, off the mommy, class. Mommy. Yeah, they normally opt out of like art and gym um which you know are valuable classes like at school i think art is so essential for their creativity and by the way i have children who are, who are pretty good at drawing and painting and they like these things one last thing what about um the other kids that are online with you guys um, are they actually is the camera on do you see your friends can you actually talk to them or text with them or chat with them no, the chat is not like the host always disables the chat, so no one can chat. <laughs> and uh, like you, you can't talk to someone without everyone else hearing what you're talking about. Yeah, they would be disrupting. All right, it sounds like it's a little bit crazy there, but that's the point. Oh, you had COVID, right? What was that like? Yeah, I didn't feel anything. It it was it was less worse than a cold. So they didn't get the, my kids. Thank God, did not get sick at all. My husband was sick for for a few days, um, and he he felt miserable, like he felt sick. So we put them all together in one room, and they called it Camp COVID. And they positive said we're positive in two ways: <laughs> positive outlook and positive with COVID. And I said, well, you know. At least you have a positive attitude. Look, at least you have each other and nobody's pounding. I mean, maybe you are pounding each other when no one's no. looking. At they least you guys on. have each other, right? And I'm so grateful for that. And again, it's another thing. I think of kids who who don't have that relationship with siblings or who don't have siblings. And, you know, they're, I just think the children of this province are missing out on so much. And it's really, it's terrible that we can't be better for for the children. <laughs> Friedman and her group will be back on the streets Tuesday holding a protest they're calling Learn In at various Toronto Transit Commission subway stations. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to David Eisenstadt of Toronto. He just recently got in touch with me on LinkedIn. He's got a new book out about Canadian Jewish musicians. I love getting listener feedback and story pitches, whether it's on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or even on my email address, which is ebessner, with two S's, E-B-E-S-S-N-E-R, at thecjn.ca. 
And we'll close the episode with a little clip of how one Jewish day school teacher from Bialik in Toronto tried to make her online French lessons really special this past week. She invited Jerry D. He's a Canadian TV personality and former teacher. He hosts Family Feud Canada, and he dropped by to cheer up her grade 8 students. And here's what it sounded like. Bonjour, mes amis. Bonjour. I don't know if everyone knows who you are. Maybe we should do it. Jerry D. (laughs) That's awesome. How are you, gang? uh, Right now, I'm the host of Family Feud Canada. Every night, pretty much, at 7.30. And I was... uh, I created a show called Mr. D, which is about my life as a teacher, which is on YouTube and TikTok and CBC. So you can look it up. But thank you to your teacher. (laughs) And I know this is hard for all of you. And uh, I just wanted to pop in and I'm doing this across a lot of schools. So hang in there and uh, try to get through this as best you can and stay safe, everybody. Thank you so much for coming in. You're very welcome. Such a good surprise. Thank you. (laughs) 